Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we got a lot to get into today. Uh, last week, we didn't have a podcast because uh, we were hungover from celebrating our 100th episode. Yes. And also the fact that the U.S. beat Costa Rica in Columbus, maybe. Um, but no, the actual reason was because uh, I got violently ill. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that that was no good. So then then we didn't do a podcast. But we're back now. I'm no longer violently ill. I just want to, yeah, I want to know how you're feeling, okay? Because uh, I texted you on Thursday, usually soccer podcasting day, uh, like it is this week. And I'm like, hey, man, I got an appointment. You want to come back Friday? Like, do the show. It'll be all good. Had a great show lined up for you. And then you're like, hey, man, uh, I'm throwing up. I mean, literally just every <laughs> single, every like two minutes. I can't keep this from stopping. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then uh, on Friday morning, you were still kind of getting over that a little bit. And so we decided, you know what? Let's let this episode 100 marinate for a little bit. Get the people what they want. Go back, listen, have some fun. Uh, but yeah, man, back. Everything okay at the household? Yeah, yeah, everything's good now. I, 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 th- I think what it was, and this is not to disparage this fine company, because I do like their products, but I went, the only thing I ate different that day, because no one else a got sick in my of house. Blanton's. Mm, well that but that's every week that's, <laughs> that's again every it's, night thing it's yeah. not it's must not, be nice I'll what's find different? that much blanton's <laughs> yeah i wish i've actually never had blanton's believe it or not i want to have it i need to i need to get the little horses i want to get the little uh display case mm-hmm. where you get all the little horses on top anyway no i had uh i like little caesar's pizza call me crazy i enjoy it i'm crazy for the crazy bread what can i tell you but i got the little marinade mar- marinade marinara dipping sauce thing that they have okay. whatever that and when i ordered it i you know you just walk in pick it up sure and the the hot and ready usually they are sitting in like a fridge underneath the counter i've been enough that i know the process and usually when you say you want the dipping sauce they like reach under there they pull one out it's cold you take it you go you go home and eat it. You definitely don't eat it in your car on the way home. Nope, no one does that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so bone tags. Um, I was useful. I was used to it being cold. So then I got this one, and I noticed they were sitting out. Mm. They were not in the fridge. The breeding ground of bacteria. And so I—that's the only thing I could think of, dude. Because I've never had a problem eating their food before. But I didn't see them pull it out of a fridge, and that should have been a red flag. <laughs> Did not stop me from eating it, and then I'm not kidding. The next day, it was just a mess. So I think something must have happened there. That's all I can say. But again, love the product. Just perhaps I I got a bad batch. You know that sounds pretty good. I think I'm going to get that for lunch today and see if I can get off tomorrow on the show. Just see what happens. I'm going to ask for the unrefrigerated marinara. Let me let me tell you right now that crazy bread. I I could eat. I, I don't. I could eat the. You could. I could get up from Thanksgiving dinner, 
And someone could say, here's a bag of crazy bread. I'd be like, well, <laughs> okay. I got to find room because I'm eating it. I love that crazy bread. My mom actually uh, yelled at me a couple of Thanksgiving ago um, because I was on like plate number three and I was just, I mean, just a total mess. And she literally yelled at me. She goes, Brandon, put the fork down. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> but you're saying that no matter how much after Thanksgiving dinner, yeah, yeah. like all the- Biggest meal you can think of. Sure. All, was it tryptophan that's in the turkeys that makes yeah, you sleepy yeah. apparently? Like you could, you could do some crazy bread after that. That's a that's an urban legend. Tryptophan is it? Well, it's I mean it's not an it's it tryptophan does make you tired, but you know what negates the effects of tryptophan? Protein, and turkey has a ton of protein. Oh, so, so you're saying it's all about the uh, the probably the carbs. It's that just you're the ingesting. fact. It's just the fact you're eating a a bunch of food at once, and then you yeah. That's why I'm tired all the time. I guess okay. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> it. That's that's why I'm tired. I know that. Uh, so all right let's get into it we got plenty to talk about today we will talk about uh some crew stuff in a moment but we're going to start off with your guys mm. manchester united beamer getting mm -hmm. it done in champions league in a pretty epic game they get down by two goals to start this game <laughs> and then they find a way they've got the guy that i believe is probably the most lethal player in the history of world soccer yeah. and Cristiano Ronaldo, I, best player ever. That's so hard to quantify. It's really, but, it's all about who you like the best. So you could go yeah, six, seven and, different and directions on that. I'm not necessarily a fan of him personally, but here's the thing. As far as on the soccer field, only the most lethal player I have ever seen. When you need a goal and you are down, Cristiano Ronaldo is the most likely guy to find that goal and he did it again yesterday in Champions League. Put him over the top three to two and helped them get the victory. Yeah, it was funny. I was texting uh, Patrick Murphy, good friend of the program, you know, uh, works for Massa Report as well. And um, I was unable to make it to the bar yesterday. Had some stuff going on uh, at the house with the dog, little Zoom meetings, you know, uh, here in the middle of the day. Who schedules a Zoom meeting, by the way, three o'clock on a Champions I, League Wednesday? I don't know who I does that. Know. Who does uh, that? But anyway, so I'm texting Pat as they're down 2 0. And I literally, I texted him, I'm like, oh, lay out. Ole out, done with it. It's been a back and forth thing, like between us for the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, he's done. You know, you're down two nil. Champions League. You need to get some points on the board, and it looks like you're steamrolling towards losing three points at home. Uh, and the second half comes around. Marcus Rashford, who still getting back into form. Uh, Ole was talking about that, right? Uh, still trying to find his form a little bit. And he gets the goal. Okay, 2-1. Now you're only down one. You're at the Theater of Dreams. You're at Old Trafford. We'll see what we can do. Harry Maguire scores a great goal. Uh, back post, uh, like, a, like a striker would. Uh, just a little one-touch goes off the middle of his shin. All of a sudden, it's 2-2. And then... We have likened this before, like Bayern, like they are Thanos, like I am inevitable, like just don't count them out at any point in time. I tell you what, man, cross that ball in and Cristiano Ronaldo at his age to be 36 years old and still to rise up higher than anybody else there to time his run perfectly, to do the innate things that he has always done and to win that game at Old Trafford to basically save Ole's job. And then from United going from last in the table all the way pole vaulting them up to first. I mean, it was a stunning development, to say the least. And you're right, man. He is lethal, lethal yeah. out there. It was a classic Ronaldo goal. Yeah, it really was. And it's it's just he had a couple other chances, too. That was I thought the the, the second half of that game was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, he didn't play that great. I mean, like, other, no, than, no, other no. than the goal, he was not the best player on the field. Uh, yes, other than the goal that won yeah. the game. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He didn't play that. Like that's just it, though, right? Is yeah. He's the always great, there. The great strikers in history, 
it's that extra little thing where they just find a way in the big moments to make a play. And you saw it yesterday, but it was obviously, you know, fantastic for them. Atalanta have to feel gutted Mm -hmm. to go up two nothing at halftime on the road and not get the job done, at least come away with the three points, but, or even a point out of it is uh, really frustrating. But I'll tell you too, Bruno Fernandez, man, like, Dude is just so fun to watch. That turnover that generated the first goal, yeah. Rashford's goal. I, I mean, if anybody goes back and watches it, I mean, there is a poor pass from I forget which Atlanta Atlanta yeah, it, player. It doesn't matter who, what your name yeah. is, but he just kind of puts a nothing ball in the middle of the field, and it kind of lands near the vicinity of Bruno Fernandez. And as he's coming up to it, does he take a touch? Take another touch. Then look up and try to make a pass. No. Before he's even there, he knows Rashford is onside. <laughs> yeah. He turns and plays. Doesn't even touch the ball. The one touch is right into the path. Yeah, it's the play. He, yeah. he creates the run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Rashford's going to make the run once the ball is secured, but he could see Rashford could, I'm guessing, looking at Fernandez. Like, oh, he's going to play this. He, I need to go. As soon as he gets the ball, I got to go. And didn't even take a touch, just right to Rashford's path, and no doubt about it, good good finish from Rashford. But that's just you've talked a lot about Bruno Fernandez and how good he's been, and yeah. obviously, uh, you know, he is one of those catalysts that if if everything's clicking right, that means Bruno Fernandez is playing out of his mind Correct. for Manchester United. That's the way they roll. But Solshire gets the vote of confidence too from Bruno Fernandez. I don't he know does. if you saw that. I did. He he said that they've got the backing of the Bruno Fernandez said he's got the full backing of the players. So be, see interested, what happens, to, be interested to see what happens when they play Liverpool this week, if he's saying the same Ooh. thing uh after that game. But no, man, it was a it was a fun little day, fun week that we had of Champions League. But it's just you're in such a weird place with Ole right now, right? Because I think looking back, seven of their last games, uh three of them have been come from behind victories. And then on this past weekend, they got destroyed uh by Leicester. They were outclassed in that one. So it's been just a like we talked about at the beginning of the season, Everton, right? So in a wild ride, never know what you're going to get. Uh, and at this point of the year, United kind of find themselves in the same category. It was huge because if they lose that game, uh, this is not breaking news to anybody. All of a sudden you're on pins and needles deciding what the future of your head coach is going to be. And now you get the win. You have a comeback fashion, uh, total drama at Old Trafford yesterday. And so now he's safe, but again, you're going to continue to go kind of on this wild ride. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was a great game yesterday. And it was funny. I was, uh, I was talking to neighbor Eric, of course, uh, after the game. And this was before the crew game started last night. And this was after the Man U game. And he goes, you know, me and my buddy Pete were talking like on tomorrow's show. Well, I hope the crew come out and win. And that way you guys aren't oogling over Cristiano Ronaldo. We can focus on something that's crew related. And it'll be really great. And now here we are uh, after the 1-1 draw last night. I know we'll have plenty of time to get into that. Like starting off the show. And this is your idea. This wasn't even mine. You're like, hey, no, today no, no. we're going to start listen. off with the United Champions League. We'll do this. And then we'll transition to the crew. So neighbor Eric, I'm, just, I'm sorry. Bone was the one in charge the sheet today i i just i thought let's talk about that performance and yeah it's been a little up and down so i thought <laughs> there's plenty to talk about with manchester united as far as drama by the way you mentioned them getting destroyed and the possibility that exists that liverpool may do the same this weekend liverpool is destroying that that oh, most most is just 
I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, uh, I don't understand know, him. My beloved Watford, yeah. who I have bled and died with. Of course, and through lived the years. and died with all <laughs> through the years. <laughs> who I adopted this year as mm-hmm. my team. I, I flipped that game on because I'll be honest, haven't been the best Watford supporter this year. Well, that's on haven't you, watched, man. Haven't watched every minute, right? I mean, it's that's on me. It is. It is. I've got the. I've got the cock. I'm good. I got mm-hmm. the peacock. I can watch whatever I need to. So I just have not made the effort as much as I should. So I. I saw it was a. I believe a Sunday morning game, and I thought I whatever it was Saturday or Sunday. I forget. Who cares? My weekends run together. But me too. I got up early and said, "Damn it, I'm cooking some breakfast. I made pancakes." made some eggs, some bacon, went the whole deal and said, all right, I'm going to flip this Watford game on and we're, I'm going to have, and now I'm going to flip nice Watford breakfast. off. Yeah. And then I, you know, whatever it was 20 minutes in, I'm like, well, this looks like this might this be, and then it was death. just a, just a thrashing, <laughs> an absolute thr- And that's okay. By the way, a lot of teams are going to get thrashed by Liverpool for your sake. Beamer, I hope it's not Manchester United this weekend, but we'll find out. By the way, I, I believe you're going to be going somewhere to watch that game. Yeah, that's with the, correct. With the people. Yeah. Right, so um, again, so as you know, Patrick Murphy's big Manchester United supporter. So he started off um, him and his buddy Joe. Uh, they started up a little support group uh, trying to get that going here. Uh, and if anybody is interested, Sunday at 1130, we are going to Zaftig Italian Village. It's right there uh, on Fifth Avenue. Uh, and I believe Summit uh, is where the cross street there. Going down there, it should be a great time. It'll lead, even if you're an NFL fan, it'll lead right into the NFL games. Uh, so hoping to have a pretty big turnout in that one. I told you Meredith has bought all in, too. Uh, she likes a good time, doesn't necessarily like uh, enjoy watching you know, a ton of minutes of soccer every week. But she does that. We go. We have a fantastic time. Uh, I believe uh, last week against Leicester, I mean, we had like 15 or 20 people there, which was pretty good, uh, just trying to get off the ground. So 1130 Sundays, Aftig Italian Village, United and Liverpool, of course, uh, one of the biggest rivalries in all of European soccer uh, should be a great time. So I will be there and I have Monday off. So you might see me in rare form. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. If you're off that's, Monday, it was a, oh, it was a strategic day place uh, to say the least to take off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very nice. Good put, for put you. Two two put two and two together. Put two and two together. Good planning on your part. Yeah, thank you. Um, before we get into some crew stuff, let's also talk about uh, some other news and notes from Champions League, most notably for those of you who are still riding with Chelsea. I don't know why you would. They're just first in the Premier League mm. and whatever. But, I mean, I, that was that was last year that I was on the Chelsea bandwagon. I'm since <laughs> off it. Now on the Watford. Now fully in on our Watford, as I like to call them. Yes. Anyway, uh, some bad news, though, for Chelsea because they had a couple of injuries. Uh, Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner both injured in their match, which they won in Champions League. Comfortably, yeah. Yeah, comfortable win, and that's the problem with it is it was probably going to be a comfortable victory no matter what, and yet now you've lost two players. Lukaku has an ankle injury, and Werner is dealing, according to Thomas Tuchel, a.k.a. the Dukes, uh, he is dealing with a hamstring injury. So, yeah, not great on either front there. Tuke saying they will likely miss multiple matches. So uh, he also said yesterday he knows about as much as everybody else. So perhaps we'll get more clarity in the coming days. But there you go. Chelsea 
more injuries piling up for them. It's one of my favorite things uh, that I feel like European soccer coaches have a good handle on. It's like, listen, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what's going on with them. I will let you know when they're available. They right? love to tell you that. Like, right. Like, I'm not, I, I don't have a medical degree. How am I supposed to know when Romelu Lukaku is going, going to be fine? Uh, you look at him and his form he's been in. It's been nothing short of incredible. Uh, just transitioning, of course, from Serie A, where he was playing last year with Inter. Uh, coming back to Chelsea, he's been I, their, their driving force this year. Uh, he's been great. So they take down Malmo Champions League yesterday. Werner misses an opportunity, which it seems like week in, week out, he misses a pretty easy one every week. Uh, and maybe that's a little bit of a concern for Chelsea. But everybody else is playing so well at the moment. Now, the good news, I guess, if you are a Chelsea supporter, is that you still got a long road to go, right? Like they this thing. absolutely do. This thing is not even close to being over for the season. You're in a good spot domestically. You're in a great spot uh, in the Champions League. So it's probably not going to kill you now what is concerning is that without Romelu Lukaku and without Timo Werner you're going to have to rely on other guys which can be unproven so far to this point so uh, Tuke's not too concerned about it will miss it seems a few games for Werner and both Lukaku uh, but it's something to keep your eye on for sure that ankle injury looked to be pretty nasty uh, on Lukaku so again we're not medical doctors Thomas Tuchel isn't a medical doctor it's an eventually we'll find out kind of a thing but it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch them as they kind of weave through uh, both competitions competitions here or multiple competitions that they're in and to see the lineups that uh, Tuchel creates but we know he's a genius and he can win games when he's not supposed to even with his guys out yeah uh, Chelsea draws Norwich this weekend at home Saturday 7 30 if you're interested in watching what will probably still be a blowout but at least you know that one could be a little more interesting Norwich they, not great no no bad um, and then they have the EFL Cup on Tuesday against Southampton uh, away to Newcastle on the eve of Halloween next Saturday, and then uh, Champions League action November second. Malmo again, but this time the away trip. So you know the then, most famous player to ever play for Malmo, don't you? Well, isn't that um, that? Why am I? Oh my God! Why am I blanking? I don't why, know. I'm looking, I don't know I'm why seeing, you're blanking. I don't I'm know. I'm seeing his face. My God! Why am I blanking on? He, he is. He considers himself God. Why am yes, I blanking? Yes, of course on, he does. Matt Lampson had a guacamole with him. God. Why am I blanking? Oh, come on, Bone. You got what this. What is happening to me? <laughs> what is happening? I have completely forgot. Uh, Why am I blanking? His name on? starts I'm with a Z. Oh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There we go. Jesus. Okay. Good, Good Lord. I just, it's, you know what it is, man? Mm. Like, I have been watching NBA, like, the last couple of nights I've been watching all NBA I've been watching hockey again with the Blue Jackets, yeah. <laughs> and I've got all these new names coming back to me of like, oh, right, Pachulia, that guy's here. Played for Mom, that, Mom. Yes. Yeah, I was just like the other night, I was watching the Nets, and it's like, oh, Patty Mills is playing for the Nets now. It's like, oh, there you go. Former Spurs player, not Tottenham, San Antonio. <laughs> anyway, just saying, like, I got all these names firing off of NBA players. I'm like, how am I for glitter? There's no more room for Zlatan in there. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But I did know who you were talking. I knew, obviously, you played for Malmo. I just, that's the dumb thing, is I knew exactly, instantly his <laughs> face popped into my head. God, I hate how my brain works. Anyway, so the point is, Chelsea should be fine. Uh, the good news is, too, November 6th, there's Burnley. Is their last champ or Champions League last Premier League game until November twentieth because there's another international Correct. break. So 
Christian, uh, Christian Pulisic should get healthy, be able to go for the U.S. men's national team, and then get injured again right in time for more, <laughs> more time off for Chelsea. So that'll be. <laughs> okay. I was actually going to ask you what your what your thoughts on him were, but I think we just, I'm just found saying, that out. So I'm just saying, um, a month from now they play Leicester. Chelsea does mm-hmm. so, but with Lukaku and Werner, I mean, you've yes, you have a Champions League game in there. Yes, you have an EFL Cup game in there, but. Winnable games throughout on your schedule. It's not like you've got, you know, City Liverpool, and Liverpool coming up yeah, next, right? Not, yeah. So this is this is a winnable stretch for them, even without those guys. And then maybe in a month they're healthier, and then we'll find out. But uh, they got to watch out. December first against Watford, mm. big time. That could be that's that's at Watford, by the way. That's at. We Vicarage should go to that Road. game. I'd love to go to Vicarage Road. Absolutely. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's take the happen. podcast on the road. Yeah, that's we got a budget for that. Of that's course great. we do. Uh, speaking of yellow soccer teams, Watford is one of those. The crew played a yellow soccer team uh, on Wednesday night of this past week in MLS action. It sickens me to no end, Beamer. Wasn't that gross? I f- I flipped the game on, yeah. and I, I like you know I knew that there's a, is a possibility, right? But Nashville loves to play up. They call themselves a gold soccer team, and it's like, oh, just shut up. So. You're ripping off the crew. Everyone knows you're ripping off the crew. Basically, LAFC and Nashville were granted the rights to do this black and gold thing for LAFC and the straight-up yellow color for Nashville. Those were done because Don Garber thought the crew were going away, thought he wouldn't have to deal with that, thought they wouldn't have any more conflicts there, so said, hey, yeah, why don't we let other teams use yellow? And now he has to deal with the fact that the crew were here to stay forever, but... I had to watch as a yellow soccer team played the crew. And it and also I, looked so good against that Titans blue last night, didn't uh, it? God, what a dude. I, I can't, it, honestly, I can't it took me take tw- it, man. It, tw- it took me 20 minutes to process what was, what was going on during it's the, during so the game. hard to watch soccer on a football. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Cause your brain is just conditioned to like, well, that's not, Oh no, it's not. Well, that why this line, like, Everything about soccer is I shouldn't know that that was a 10. I don't need to know that that was a 10 yard pass, right? I don't need to see the distance. I <laughs> it's the beauty. It's the art. It's, you know, I know where the 18 yard box is. I know where the six is. That's all I need to know. I don't need anything else other than the, you know, sidelines and end, touch it, lines. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So I don't ugh, that if Don Garber wants to tell everyone in the world that MLS is not minor league and yep. we want to be one of the top five leagues in the world and all this bull crap he always spouts, then it should be a requirement that if you are going to sign on the line, which is dotted to have a team in MLS, you are not allowed to ever play games with football markings on the field. I don't care if you got to paint that crap. I don't care what you do. You should not be allowed to have a game on a gridiron like that. I mean, I know you're going to have Robert Kraft has, you know, his team still playing in, you know, the same stadium as the Patriots, but the fire is, are playing in Soldier Field. But you at least have to get rid of those stupid markets. Yes. You have to. For for soccer. They're not stupid for football. They're stupid for soccer. And it looks dumb when the Titans logo got if you're watching that game, you'd think it was you you don't know. Is that an is that an MLS game? Is this high school? How would you know? Because you would think an MLS team would not have another team's logo plastered all over their field. 
Just stupid. I mean, it really I was. It it, it kind of gave me like a conniption last night when I was watching this game. I'm like, what am I? What am I doing? Because like your brain is so processed. And you and me, we talk about NFL. We talk about college football. It's part of our jobs in a day to day basis. Like when I'm watching soccer, I want no recollection that American football is even a thing. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, oh yeah. great, Titans, awesome. Like cool. This yeah, I got hash marks and there's end end zones and like <laughs> it's just. I don't know, man. And two, like that color, that yellow color that they were wearing, to your point, like it's just, it was kind of a punch in the face, right? Because last year in the playoffs, uh, we saw the crew bring out the yellow jerseys against Nashville, and it was a big middle finger to them. And Don Garber said, hey, we're the yellow soccer team. And now they kind of get the last laugh and being able to do it. You're going away from the yellow. Uh, yeah. yeah, it just, it, it sucked. Uh, well, I mean, around. and I, they've already, if they haven't outright said it, I know everyone's kind of pretty much put this out there. It's all been hinted a million times, but I've been told on, you know, in no uncertain terms that next year there will be a, you will, that's why you can't go get jerseys right now in part from MLS for crew jerseys. I mean, there's not a lot of jerseys available. Still stuck on the Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But I, I, from everything I've heard, part of the reason for that is because you can't get like the black jerseys anymore because those are going away next year. I believe, I think you're going to have yellow and I think you're going to have the, the silver jerseys is my guess, but they have it seems told, like a they, great business strategy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. They have definitely said you're going to have the yellow jerseys. So the good news is hopefully those are returning, hopefully with yellow shorts. Hopefully it's a full yellow banana kit, right? Yeah. That's what we want. The banana kit, the canaries, as, as Mike Ares likes to call them, whatever. Like, they need to be, number one, that needs to be with, with Dr. Pete and, and D Haslam and Jimmy and all the other people that run the team. The rule has to be going forward we will never not have a yellow uniform in our lineup pure like 80 percent or more yellow it cannot like i don't care if it's yellow with a little bit of black on it i don't care if it's yellow and white i don't that's fine as long as it's primarily yellow this is not difficult it's it should not be difficult to grasp the things that make this team great and one of them is the yellow soccer team so all right Unless you have anything else on that rant off about the yellow kits. I did but. see something, uh, and I don't know if you saw this, uh, going back to the entire um, logo dilemma. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know oh, if you yeah. saw this or not. Did you see uh, the same people who uh, redid the Browns logo? I would imagine it would be the same people <laughs> that did the crew. Did you see, happen to see their, their uniform uh, yeah, their logo I, that they were going to unveil, uh, and then they scrapped it at the 11th hour? The Browns supposedly had a logo. Okay, so you've seen it. Okay, good. That... Yeah was this ties back into the crew it was it was a football player (laughs) it was it was a guy with like you could see his shoulders and his face under a helmet and he's facing you so it's not a side with the eye black too which is the best with the eye black yes of course because he's tough because he's born born in the land to play football gritty it's windy up there Mm. cold yeah anyway so they dump paint in the river. Yeah. So whatever. So that's that was the logo that apparently was very close to being done with the Haslam's. And then at the last minute, someone with some sense said, we can't do this. Everyone will kill us. And so they decided to just have Cleveland Browns all over the logo or all over the uniform for the Browns. Mm-hmm. So 
Could you imagine if they stuck a helmet on a helmet? No, that's like, what I was going to say. It was going to be helmetception. <laughs> I saw someone the other day who was like, oh, Baker Mayfield loves playing for the logo on his helmet. I'm like, well, the logo on his helmet <laughs> is the logo because the logo <laughs> is the helmet. So how does that work in terms of things? <laughs> but you're right. Like, I'm just sitting there. He I, loves playing for a boom. field of orange. The first time I saw this thing pop up a couple of days ago on my feet, I'm like, this has to be a joke, right? And so, again, I don't know. Reportedly, this is the logo that they were going to go with. But it all goes back to me and just like the way that this team and like the jersey sales and everything it's just like what are we doing man what are yeah, we doing I, here you well, got this beautiful you know, brand new stadium that's fine you know logo discussions we've had plenty of those in the show but i'm just like i mean what is this to your point don garber you want to run a league and apparently it's you know team x is worth 450 million dollars and team y is worth 330 again you're making bad business decisions you're playing on an nfl field with nfl logos all over the place i don't know who the hell is playing it's just it's honestly bone it's it's tough for me to even comprehend it's frustrating, man, because I, I have said for many years I've watched MLS for the better part of 20 years. I have paid attention to this league quite a bit. Um, I have history with it. So I, I want this league to be successful. I don't understand why people think Don Garber is this great sports executive. Everything that this most, most, I there's no everything or nothing, right, truly in life, but most everything that has happened good with MLS has happened in spite of Don Garber. And most everything that has happened bad with MLS has been usually because Don Garber has wanted something a certain way because he thinks he knows best. Or I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Some of the dumb owners in the league have wanted something and he doesn't know how to stand up to them. But I find that hard to believe because... Don Garber basically recruited half the owners in the league. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like that's what makes MLS so weird is that you have these rich owners. And yes, there's Arthur Blank, who doesn't necessarily have to listen to Don Garber. Jimmy Haslam doesn't have to listen to Don Garber. But and, and I know Dr. Pete and D Haslam also they're they're running the team. Right. But at the end of the day, when issues come up with how the league works, Dr. Pete's one of the few people in all of MLS ownership who can actually stand up and say, I've been here since day one, and I think that's stupid. The problem is the Haslam's have a little more pull in the room than mm -hmm. he does probably, yeah. and they don't know, and they haven't been around. And so when Don Garber or one of his flackies, lackey, whatever people come to <laughs> them and say, this is what we want to do. You guys don't need to be a yellow soccer team. You need to get away from that because yellow soccer team kind of overrated. Let's be honest. You want to yellow is a weird color. And anyway, don't you guys hate the Steelers? You're Browns owners. Like when when they pitch that to the Haslam's, I can see the Haslam's being more open to that. Hell yeah. Good point. Because they're not, because they don't understand the fan base quite as well. They're, 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 I hope they're getting there from, you know, a couple years ago, surely, but it's going to take time for them to learn that. Meanwhile, Don Garber's not the type of owner where I would, I would guess Jimmy Haslam called up Roger Goodell and said, Hey, thinking of changing the uh, colors of the Browns from uh, orange and brown to literally anything else. Yeah, purple and Roger teal. Goodell. Roger Goodell would probably have the wherewithal to say, you know, you guys are the owners. You have the right to make those choices, but I really want to caution you on how bad this is going to be for you. And mm -hmm. let me just walk you through all the steps of probably what's going to happen here. The NFL can't tell you what to do, but also we're really not huge fans of that. We don't think that's a good idea. 
And and I don't know that Don Garber does that. I think Don Garber hears, hey, the crew want to change their colors, and he's like, sweet, can they be red and blue? Like <laughs> every other team in the freaking league. And can we give can them we, white uniforms? Yeah, can we give them white uniforms and red and blue, and can we change their name to Columbus FCSC, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, like this is this is the problem that I don't think people get with MLS because they just see, hey, it's growing, it's on ESPN, it, you know, owners are buying in, there's stadiums. Don sure. Garber's doing a great job, and it's like, no, I mean, that's Don Garber's just at the head of this thing that everyone has said should be good. Soccer should be successful in the U.S. And so all these rich guys and gals look at that and go, well, it's got to it's got to be successful at some point. And they look at the financials. They know the demographics and they say, yeah, I'm willing to invest in this because I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And is that because of Don Garber? Is that just because? America is a sports market that is not fully engaged in soccer, but continues to grow with it. I think it's the latter. Don Garber just happens to be on the top of that wave. I don't think he's the one making the wave happen, I guess, is the best way I can put that. So anyway, as always, screw Don Garber. He sucks and I hate him. Mm-hmm. And there's that. <laughs> sorry, will, for, I, sorry for doing that to you. No, no, no. It's okay. So anyway, now, now about the game. Uh, the crew had to win this game yep. i felt like to keep their realistic playoff hopes alive they're not mathematically eliminated or anything we're getting but, close well you look at the standings and the reality is going into this one they had five games left and basically all accounts said they're going to need a solid 10 to 12 points 12 probably is going to be the realistic number mm-hmm. to safely qualify for the playoffs this is all uh, I will I will say Nate Beckman, who is a longtime crew fan. He now lives in Florida. He's moved from Columbus. We miss him up here. But Nate does a lot of the playoff forecasting, and he's usually pretty good with the numbers. Uh, he's the one who's been saying they, they probably need about 12 points to given historically where you have to be point total at the end of the year. So they have five games left. Last night they got a point. And it sucks. So now, in, it sucks in the way that you got the point as well. Yeah, because you had you had everything you wanted. You held with a lot of early barrage from mm-hmm. Nashville. Aloy was great That's, last night. It was phenomenal. Aloy room played really well. Uh, I thought defensively they were okay, but you just needed that spark, and Lucas Elrayon gave it to you. And that's what he does. That's what he should do. Mm-hmm. He hasn't scored since August, which is pretty so. shocking to hear. Uh, Ugh, you know, from my frustrating. Point. Yeah, very frustrating too. But yeah, but in either case, he came up like we said guys that I don't want to I know I'm comparing him to Cristiano Ronaldo but in MLS I mean this is no but I, I crew, get you I get you in, yeah. in, in in the in the history of the crew and in MLS history you don't see a lot of guys who rise to the occasion the way he did mm-hmm. in MLS Cup the way he did all through that run to MLS no Cup doubt. last year and right there they needed him in a big spot it's essentially a playoff game on the road he got him a goal that should be enough that's his job yeah and so they knew what was on the line there. And unfortunately, as the crew have done often this year, they get a goal, they feel great, and then there's a massive letdown right after it, and the lead evaporates. So, yeah, 1-1 one, one tie, very disappointing from the stance that you should have had the win because you you found a goal late in the second half and 
should have held on to it, but unfortunately could not. Yeah, it's kind of been the storyline, right? Like you mentioned, uh, the entire season. Feel good about yourselves. Okay, great. Here we go. 15 minutes. We need to hold on a little bit more. You want to park the bus? You want to settle back? Uh, do whatever you need to do. Boom. All of a sudden, before you can even come to grips with the situation, what just happened, you're already equal. And then you're saying to yourself, boy, hopefully we don't get enough, uh, give up another one and lose the point instead of getting three points like we did so many times already uh, this year. To your point, I said earlier on the show, uh, my co-host was asking me, like, oh, are you telling me that they need 12 points in these last four games? I'm like, I'm telling you, if you don't get 12 points in these last four games, then it's going to be a difficult situation to find a way that you can get into the playoffs. Maybe well, 10 will right. get it done for you. Three wins and a draw. You cannot drop any and expect playoffs here in Columbus, and I think all crew fans know that. So historically, 48 points, give or take, it's, you know, between 48 and 49 points usually is the cutoff line. 48 and a half, let's call it. Right, yeah. And so the crew currently have 38 points with four games remaining. So if you win all four, you get 50. So that's, I mean, that's what we're talking about as far as, sure, could could D.C., New York, both New Yorks, because that's who's ahead of us, DC's in the final spot at 41 points. Mm -hmm. Montreal's got 42. Atlanta's got 43. Technically, all those teams could all just be terrible, right? They could all just have some some moments. They could all, you know, just lose all their games. Which but, is what we're hoping for, but in reality, yeah, not expecting that to happen. Well, and like, let's just, out of curiosity here, let's just look at Montreal's schedule, right? So they're playing Toronto, which is a rivalry game, but Toronto sucks this year. They've got a game against the Red Bulls. Both Montreal and the Red Bulls are ahead of the crew in the standings. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't, unless they both tie, I mean, that's that's not great either, but you, I guess you'd want maybe Montreal to win and hopefully the Red Bulls to lose. Montreal plays Houston. They suck. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I don't, I don't really feel great at this point about the chances of catching Montreal. Then you've got, you know, DC United, who last night they were, I believe they were playing New England. Yes, they lost that game. So that actually worked out well. They play New York City, who's ahead of us in the standings. They play the Red Bulls, who are ahead of us in the standings. They play us <laughs> and then Toronto to close it out. So DC is not going like them losing games means at least two of the teams you're chasing are winning games. Right. So that's the other problem. Everybody here, here that, in Columbus is just hoping for a draw fest next yeah, few you weeks. Yeah, need, you need a bunch of ties from those teams ahead of you, and then the crew have to, fortunately, you know, having some games against those teams, right? They play New York this weekend. They play D.C. Chicago's awful. That's three of your last four. Got to play Orlando. Uh, that one's a home game at least, but Orlando's obviously tough. Perhaps they'll be... You know, depending on the seeding and everything, mm -hmm. they may be really fighting for seeding, or they may just be content to kind of roll out a a half-ass squad. I don't know, but either way, this is this is going to come down to the wire and be tough again. So, it sounds like to me, uh, you know, when you watch, I don't know, CNN or whatever, uh, you know, when we're doing presidential elections and they're up on the big board and they're like, now forecasting the road to two seventy. Here's what's yes. happening over yes. in Pennsylvania. Here's what's happening in New York. Okay, down in Florida, you know, blah 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 blah. Someone's going to win this, and like that's what I feel like we're doing, like trying to project it this is. And in all hard. reality. But you have done this to yourself. You've yeah. done this to well, yourself this year, and it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, I saw I saw more. A few people were pointing this out. More than a few were pointing this out on Twitter. But it, the reality is, this team has been so bad on the road this mm -hmm. year. And and uh, John Zadar, who's one of the Save the Crew guys, yeah. actually, I saw him make a great point that 
look at how the crew played against like FC Cincinnati and Chicago and some of these really bad teams that are on the schedule. Austin, you tied with Austin. You beat Cincinnati once, and you tied with them the other time. Right. Imagine if you had those two as W. Boy, you hate to see how they lost the game last night, too. I don't <laughs> know if you followed that one. That was uh, heart-crushing, was it not? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Cincinnati, you're so gross. That Jeff tied Birdie the guy. Up, oh. Tied the game up in the 91st minute, then lost it in the 94th. Oh, my gosh. It was so bad. And they even, like, because they had the tweet, too, that was like, Tied, <laughs> they had like this big thing, and then like then they pulled right, the crew. They immediately gave yes. it back and, and then gave it few, away. A few moments later, they send the tweet out that just has the final score and says "tough, <laughs> tough." Period. T U F. Tough. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. By the way, Jeff Burning, who runs their team, like it's not a crime to be so bad at running a thing. Like pros, you don't get thrown in jail for being this bad. But if you did, he would have the best case I've ever seen. They could throw the book at him in the sports court if that guilty. existed. Yes, as good as anyone's ever had. Uh, if it was illegal, life sentences consecutively. If it was illegal to be bad at running a sports team, Jeff Birding would be in jail for multiple life sentences. I think we should make that happen in our judicial system. Yeah, I think that'd well, be great. State of Ohio is not going to get gambling done anytime soon, so maybe we could. Uh, do that instead of a law that you can't you can't be this you can't it would call it the fc cincinnati rule uh you cannot <laughs> be so this is inept this is beyond this is criminal ineptitude criminal behavior false God. advertising they're so bad um so anyway yeah this weekend new york at home red bulls crew have to win it they lose that it's Done. all but over yep. i mean you know, the, the way that you can still have a chance to make the playoffs on your own is by winning out. Mm -hmm. If you don't win out, you have to rely on a ridiculous amount of circumstances to happen. And even if you win out, it's not a guarantee, but right. it's much more likely. So, yeah, that's the situation for the crew. Uh, and then finally, one thing we we can't we, we cannot fail to mention here is a new home. For Guillermo Barros Scalotto. You Your brought guy, this up to my him. attention. I did. Oh, yeah. I do. But yes, you you brought this to my attention. I missed it. So Paraguay has not been doing well when it comes to qualifying. Everybody knows World that Cup. listening to this podcast, of course. So you're I'm up sure to there's speed a lot Paraguay, of yeah. yeah. Paraguay fans are, you know, everywhere mm -hmm. paying attention to that. So Guillermo Barros Scalotto has been hired to run the team now. He is the new head coach. And uh actually not the head coach, he's the technical director, right? But yeah. I guess also, yeah. All right. So, Same thing. Yeah, he is, he's taking over direction of the senior national team. And, of course, prior to this, he led the LA Galaxy, which we know did not go great mm -hmm. in MLS. But that's a, that's a tough deal, right? Because LA, you'd think they, they bought a bunch of overpriced players. and They just didn't really have a good team constructed. Uh, but Boca Juniors, he was good there. They won the league uh, at least once, I believe, if not twice. And then Lanus was where he coached before that. And he was he was good there as well. So it's not that he's a bad coach. Um, it's that it's it's a very difficult thing to, I think, win an MLS. So I think that's what I learned from his tenure there. But yeah, I will always love Guillermo Barros Scalotto. I'm fully biased on him. 2008 was a magical year. But dude, I, I don't have I ever told you, Beamer, the story of like when we found out about him coming to the crew? I don't know. Because I was with a buddy of mine, my buddy Jared, who was a big crew fan too. And he was like, hey, we're signing this dude from Argentina. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, he plays for some club called 
Boca Juniors? And I was like, <laughs> it seems like and, well, this deal. again, this is like in 2007 sure. yeah. or early, late 2006, early 2007. And I'm like, ah, I got to tell you, I don't know Boca Juniors. And he's like, well, I don't either. But everyone says they're like the Yankees of Argentina. And I said, really? And so then we, of course, start looking stuff up and we found some video clips of him. And we're like, well, this dude is like a little guy who runs around and like at the time, all the highlights I saw were him just like scoring goals off of great passes from other people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I don't know if he's going to get that type of service here, but man, he, he seemed, and then I, and then we found out he had a, a tribute game where it was, I forget, I forget if they were playing river or not. I, I seem to think they were, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, he had signed with the crew. It was done, but he stayed in Argentina for like a final game where he could say goodbye to the fans. So he goes to La Bombonera where Boca Juniors play and me and my buddies went to uh, there's a bar on King Avenue five. Is that still around? Yeah, I think think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we went because they had like the Fox soccer channel package that you had to have to get this game. And we went and watched it and we saw him like waving to the crowd and all this stuff. And we were like, we're at a bar in Columbus. This is happening in Argentina. These people are going crazy for this dude. <laughs> He's going to come play here in a few weeks. Like right. what? We just didn't know what to expect. And then of course he became a legendary player. One of the best players MLS has ever seen. So um, I, I, I am excited for him. I am excited for his brother, Gustavo, who looks just like him mm-hmm. is a, they are, they are twins. If I don't know if they're actually twins, I can't remember, but they look like twins. Anyway, he is also the assistant on this team. Wherever Guillermo goes, so goes Gustavo. But yeah, this is a little bit of a tough deal for them as far as qualifying because apparently right now the the top four teams in South America and Conmebol qualifying, mm-hmm. they're going to get the ticket to the World Cup. Okay, fifth so place those are team. so top four is automatic qualifier. Fifth place goes into a playoff. Yes. And so right now you have Brazil first, Argentina second. Shocking. Ecuador third. Okay. That that is a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Colombia Colombia's, up there. Colombia's yeah. fourth. And uh Uruguay is currently sitting in fifth. So the teams that are chasing them. Now Uruguay, by the way, has sixteen points in uh Conmebol qualifying so far. Same as Colombia for what it's worth, but I guess Colombia had the head to head tiebreaker, I'm guessing. Anyway, Chile has 13 points. Bolivia has 12 points. Paraguay has 12 points. So not out of it. Not, not out of reach. It's there's a lot more qualifying to go. I mean, it's they have a, uh, yeah, there's they play a ton of games. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this goes well into next year. But um, yeah, this is so that's the the old manager got fired for this because they weren't playing as as well as everyone thought they would. So big task here. But Guillermo Barros-Scalotto could be managing a team in the World Cup. And I am. I am very on board with rooting for that. So. No, of course you are. I mean, let's uh, before we get out of here, let's dive in. So we've got Watford, who we've adopted this year. We've thrown Chelsea out to the curb. Uh, so we've got Watford in the Premier League. <laughs> well, I've League. adopted. You don't have to adopt Watford. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not adopting. I'm projecting okay. onto you. We're okay. going over, I'm, over I'm, your fandom. I've adopted Watford. All right, yes. so we've got Watford in the Premier League. You're still a big Sunderland fan. Uh, Sunderland fan, yeah. Yeah, your brother, um, who is he Who is he Peter, cheering for? Peterborough, Peterborough All right. United. We're cheering yeah. for Peterborough. Southend is down, you know, in the doldrums of, for South End. of yeah. non-league soccer in England. You're obviously a mega crew fan. Uh, and now your national team is going to be Paraguay along with the Stars That's and Stripes. My, 
that's my South American team. Okay, got it. So my my Screw South Neymar. American team I'm done with Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was never with Brazil. Okay. I mean, it, they're they're great, but I'm I've just I bone not down that? with the samba. No, you know what though? Paraguay feels definitely like that's this is where I enter in. This is where I would like to root for your team. It's like there's certainly potential. Uh-huh. You certainly have the ability, but I need a hook. I need a I need a reason to root for you, which I now have. And it's not like I'm saying like, oh, I'm going to root for Brazil. Like I just can't. I can't jump on and root for the biggest and best. No, I'm going to root for Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our buddy, our buddy Phil, who is a big big soccer fan, uh-huh. big Liverpool guy. Phil Razor works at the fan. He has a podcast called Small Market Insecurities, where yep. like a lot of what they talk about is just small market sports teams, which I think is a great idea. And that's where I feel like I fit in a bit yeah. here. And also, like, Phil is a Liverpool fan. So, uh, yeah, get, get back to me on that okay. one, how that makes sense. <laughs> okay, again, I didn't say he's consistent. I'm just saying that's his podcast. But Paraguay <laughs> feels like a small market. Yeah, like that's a small market. This is like suddenly saying you're going to ro- root for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, all right, good for you. You're not now to say that that's something. Now you're not saying it when they had Durant and Harden and Westbrook. You're saying it now. It's like, all right, then, then I get it. That's where I am with Paraguay. Like I'm in plucky so, underdog green Bay Packers, very small franchise. Yeah. I'm not, no, no, no. That's different. <laughs> you know, that's different. So there we go. That's the, so let's viva Paraguay. Yes. I am all in on We're Paraguay. a Paraguayan national podcast now. That's all right. Paraguay all the time. Yeah. Uh, if you want to watch those games, by the way, I did look it up. They're all on Fubo TV. All right, so, cool. There's a lot of good uh, stuff on Fubo, actually. I don't have it yeah. personally. I may or may not have a password. So there you go. That, yeah, I don't. That's, oh, hey, well, you know, if that's available, just, you know, share the love. So <laughs> I'm saying. Just, let, just let people know what's up. People meaning me off the uh-huh. air. You don't have to tell everybody else. That's fine. All right. Anything else you want to get into before we get out of here? Uh, no, not really. Everybody enjoy the soccer this weekend. Big matches remind for the crew. People, yep. Remind people to, where you're going to be out on uh, for the game this weekend. All right. Sunday, Zaftig Italian Village, 1130 Manchester United versus Liverpool. If you're a Man U fan or you're just looking for a good time, you want to come watch soccer, we're going to be there. Uh, they open up at 11, so they're going to be full service and everything. We'll watch the games and then uh, transition right into an NFL Sunday. So uh, the corner of Fifth Ave and I believe Summit down uh, in the Italian Village, Zaftig Brewing. It's fantastic. So that's where I'm going to be on Sunday. Beautiful. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for listening. We'll hopefully be back next week, assuming I don't uh, vomit uncontrollably. So until uh, that next time, we'll see you soon. Take care.